And good afternoon, GRN listeners across the South and Central Texas listening area. This is your live and local program. This is In His Vineyard. I'm Sean, your host for the program every Monday at noon. I'm also your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network's South and Central Texas listening area. Thank you to everyone tuning in from Marble Falls, from Fredericksburg and Kerrville, from Uvalde and right here in good old San Antonio. We are very thankful that you've decided to uh, spend this hour joining us and getting caught up on all things Catholic um, in the South and Central Texas listening area. Uh, and the, joining me today, I'm so glad that she's back, uh, is my wonderful co-host, Alexandra Kubabatu, a.k.a. Alex K. And so glad to be back, Sean. I really missed all of you. And um, we, have, we have such an exciting show to come back to with Father Ed Hoff. And, um, but before we do that, you know, let me just... Remind everyone about what we do here at GRN. So um, on this live and local program, we try bringing you various and informative discussions, highlighting different people, ministries, and events going on in the Archdiocese of San Antonio and parts of the Diocese of Austin. And today we're going to, like I mentioned, speak with Father Ed Hoff, parochial vicar at St. Mary Catholic Church in downtown San Antonio. Well, that sounds great, Alex. Uh, and in fact, to be able to catch up with Father Ed is always a treat. Yes. Uh, he's full of wisdom. He's full of knowledge. Uh, and any time that we can glean even just a little bit, even just a smidgen of that knowledge, uh, it's always a good thing. But of course, before we get to him um, you know, on today's program, uh, let's get started as we should do in all things. Uh, and that's in prayer. So wherever you might be, let's all pray that we may know and recognize God's holy will for us and for the grace to be obedient in accomplishing that will. So join me wherever you might be in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. O gracious master, infuse in our hearts the spotless light of your divine wisdom and open the eyes of our mind that we may understand the teachings of your gospel. Instill in us also the fear of your blessed commandments so that having curbed all carnal desires, we may lead a spiritual life, both thinking and doing everything to please you. For you, O Christ, our God, are the enlightenment of our souls and bodies. And to you, we render glory together with your eternal father and with your all holy life creating spirit now and ever and ever. Amen. St. Isidore of Sevilla. Pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons. Pray for us. Our Lady of Guadalupe. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, I am um, I am so glad that you're back, Alex. I know you had some things yes. that you were tending to uh, with the family. Uh, just know that you, the family, Peter and the family, uh, you know, you are all in our prayers uh, and continue to be. Thank you. Okay. So again, uh, you are, you know, part of this wonderful GRN family of listeners. And, um, you know, I know that we had a, a, uh, a huge army of, um, you know, prayerful, faithful folk praying on your behalf. So, uh, yes, you know, well, we're glad you. to have you back. And I'm sure listeners are glad to have you back, too, because last week, you know, when they get, you know, just me, I mean, I'm sure they get tired of t- hearing me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I'm glad not. you add that element to, uh, you know, the, the, the show here. Um, so 
Again, first, I want to start by, uh, you know, congratulating, uh, you know, one of my best friends, uh, you know, Rudy and Letty, um, you know, Hernandez now. I was going to say Letty Plaza, but no, she's Rudy Hernandez now. Uh, so Rudy and Letty, uh, they were married over the weekend in a beautiful wedding mass uh, that took place at St. Mary Magdalene Catholic Church and was celebrated by Father Will Combs, who delivered a beautiful, you know, homily. Uh, he discussed marriage reflecting the true marriage between Jesus and his bride, the church. Uh, he talked about how at times when we rely on our, you know, he, he had a reflection about the wedding at Cana and how, you know, they, they run out of wine and he tied that into, you know, how, how many times do we run out of, you know, whatever? Yes. We run out of time. We run out of energy. We run out of whatever. Yes. But it's not until you turn to Jesus and it's not until you can, you know, ask for the, you know, the blessed mother's intercession in, in asking for that grace from Jesus, where even in your marriage, um, you are strengthened by it and not of your own, you know, strength, but on the strength of God himself. Oh, it was beautiful. Uh, and of course, so. Again, you know, Rudy and Letty, uh, thank you so much for allowing me to be part of it. I was able to, you know, participate and actually did the, uh, you know, one of the ratings. So that was just a, wow. a complete treat. Uh, in fact, so, you know, he and I, we, we go way back and yeah, it's, it's way back. In fact, so wow, to see where, um, you know, for them to, you know, to bring, you know, their relationship full circle, uh, into the, you know, and bring it under, uh, the sacrament of matrimony, uh, it was a beautiful, you know, beautiful, uh, you know, celebration. Uh, I also want to thank, um, you know, a big happy birthday, uh, to Father Mark Clark. Uh, he's the chaplain at uh, Incarnate Word High School. So may God uh, continue to uh, bless you in his abundance, Father, with another year uh, full of good health, uh, full of love and joy. Uh, also, um, you're not, you're going to hear a lot about this uh, in the in the coming weeks. Uh, but just another reminder: this year's Fishers of Men dinner is taking place April 28th at the banquet hall at Holy Trinity Catholic Church. We've got Father Donald Calloway, author of the Consecration to Saint Joseph. That's right. I know many of you out there are actually in the middle of the consecration now. Uh, in fact, so I think the next uh, consecration is for May 1st. Uh, so that's to St. Joseph, the worker, if I'm not mistaken. So I know there's many of you out there going, uh, you know, through that, uh, consecration book right now. But yes, uh, he is going to be our keynote speaker and delivering the keynote, uh, you know, talk. We're also going to recognize, you know, Dr. Mitch and, uh, you know, Chrissy Finney of St. Matthew Catholic Church as this year's Fishers of Men honorees. I had the treat. Uh, I well, I didn't see him. Um, you know, Doctor Mitch this morning. I actually had a doctor appointment this morning, uh, but he was, you know, he was uh, in seeing other patients. So I'm hoping that the results are okay and that he allows me to press forward with the fissures of men that I'm in good health. And he says, "Yeah, go ahead and do it." You know. Yeah, but, uh, for you. Yes, for yes, you. yes. Uh, and of course, you know, there is still time to register for, you know, to to sponsor a table. There's all sorts of different levels of uh, table sponsorships. Um, you can go to the website for that and there's plenty of time still and there's some rooms still available for, you know, your own individual ticket purchase. So to do that, just go to the website, grnonline.com, scroll down to local events, and you'll check out the South and Central Texas Fishers of Men event. Um, and you can also call, you know, up here to the office. Uh, any one of us here would be glad to answer your call and help you out with that. Uh, that phone number uh, you can call. You can you know look it up, Guadalupe Radio Network. Uh, but that phone number to call is 
210-579-9844. And Alex, uh, what is it that, uh, that, that yeah. you got? Yeah, well, we got at St. Helena Catholic Church. They're having a military women's act retreat ah, for yeah. women of all faiths. So it's not That's just for right. Catholic military women. And that was for anyone, uh, women who are currently or who have served in the armed forces. And this will take place uh, May 19th through the 22nd at uh, St. Anthony de Padua, Padua Retreat Center. The mm-hmm. cost is $200. However, you can reserve a spot for $50. And don't let the finances get in the way. There are scholarships available. And so to request a registration form or additional information, you can email samilitaryacts at gmail.com or call Pat Lamoureux at 210-573-1226. That's right. You know, and Miss Pat, she actually was one of the volunteers that we had out here last week. Um, you know, well, now it's been a, almost a couple of weeks uh, for the share you know. Yes. So, yeah, I know uh, time just kind of escapes us. And, you know, Miss Pat, uh, her, her husband, Bill, uh, you know, they're active at, at St. Helena. So uh, anytime that uh, I can, you know, we can help get the word yes. out, especially for something so cool as this. This is actually is. the first time I've ever heard uh, of any, you know, of an actual treat specific to, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the women in the military. So I think this is going to be, you know, rather cool. Uh, and of course, you know, there's going to be a, you know, a parish mission uh, also, you know, going to be held out at St. Timothy, uh, you know, Catholic Church, uh, you know, tonight and tomorrow night at 7 p.m., uh, going to be led by Father Donald Kloster. Uh, so be sure to, to get out there, um, you know, and, and check that out. Uh, what you're also going to find is as we get into these, and this is going to be part of the, you know, the, the talk with, you know, Father Ed that, you know, we're going to have uh, here in just a little bit. Um, with these last closing weeks uh, of Lent, I mean, this is still your chance to, you know, you don't, if, if for some reason, you know, maybe you feel like and that maybe you haven't been able to really get a whole lot out of, uh, you know, out of this Lenten season, well, you got to ask yourself, um, well, what have you put in? Yeah. You know, I mean, so many times it's yes. like, hey, I'm not getting anything out of this. Well, I mean, you get out what you put in, you know, so it's not too late, you know, even with just a couple of weeks left, um, you know, you can turn this whole Lenten season around, you know, if you wanted to start going to mass and maybe for whatever reason, uh, you did not have the Mm -hmm. opportunity to, to get started going to mass, you know, commit to going to mass, you know, daily mass, you know, this, these next couple of weeks, um, you know, I mean, that's a beautiful way to, to start. I, I assure you, you know, you, you got to just go ahead and, and put and make that first step. Take that first step. You know, uh, if you wanted to start praying the rosary, you know, and, and you haven't, you know what? Pick up your rosary beads, you know, and, and just commit to maybe start off with one decade uh, of the mm-hmm. rosary. You know, maybe if it's been, you know, if it's, you know, seems a little daunting and, and it can be, especially if you're starting, uh, start out with a decade and, you know, commit to that, you know, just to ever so often, you know, maybe you commit to, um, a decade, you know, in, in this coming hour, you yes. know, maybe you take a decade and you commit, you know, your three o'clock, uh, or two o'clock, you know, uh, hour or, or so. I mean, but, but do something, okay? It is not too late uh, as we close out uh, these coming, um, you know, these coming days of Lent, and really, you know, give yourself an opportunity uh, to to dive in, to really uh, dive in and into Christ, um, you know, his his love for us, you know, the yes. love that was displayed on that cross. Uh, to dive into that, enter into it, um, and again, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna, you know, wake up or on Easter morning, you know, getting ready to church and be like, wow, 
you know, to go through that. Because you cannot get to Easter Sunday. You cannot get to the resurrection without going through the cross. Yes. Am I right? I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that, Alex? Yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, we got a couple of minutes here before our next break. But, you know, that's that's a great way to start off this next segment after the break because uh, we are going to be talking about Lent. And how, you know, like Sean was saying, it's not too late to do something. If you don't own a rosary, you can go get one. Or they can so, come here. I mean, yes. we got a lot of them. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and so, you know, it can be the rosary. It can be, you know, just making a commitment to pray daily in the morning. Have, develop yourself a spiritual routine. Right. And, you know, it's some people like to listen to the... The, the a podcast in the morning while they're having coffee or making breakfast for the kids, you know, something, you know, religious. You can listen to Ed Hoff, <laughs> Father right. Hoff, Father Ed Hoff, and, um, or, you know, just en- enrich your spiritual being and, and your knowledge of the faith. And, um, and the, the Holy Spirit will lead you to hey. where, where else you need to be. Amen. You know, and it's going to be great. Uh, like I said, when you get to you know, Easter morning and to be able to say, wow. This is what all that is for. Uh, Well, we are going to go to our first break of the day. When we come back, we'll be joined by Father Ed Hoff, parochial vicar at St. Mary Catholic Church in downtown San Antonio. Do not change the station. We will be right back. This is Len Oswald, president of the Guadalupe Radio Network with this week's GRN Family Minute. Two weeks ago, we held our spring share during which we asked for your help in keeping Catholic radio on the air across the GRN. The theme of the share was made for mission. Perhaps you've heard that if you're baptized, you're a missionary. It's what we are made for, to do our part to help spread the good news of Jesus Christ and His one holy Catholic and apostolic church to as many people as possible. If you were one of the many who responded generously by praying for the share making a pledge of financial support, or promoting it to your friends and family, please know how grateful we are for your faithfulness in keeping the network on the air. Catholic Radio reaches deep into missionary territory to bring truth and hope to countless people each day. And by supporting Catholic Radio evangelization, you are living out your baptismal call to be a missionary. God bless you. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Very often, parents contact us for advice on disciplining their kids. Children are raw personality when they're born, and it's the job of parents to shape them into civilized human beings. Moms and dads need to create expectations, structure, and rules to teach kids how to respect other people. But those rules need to be enforced within a relationship. A good maxim for parents to remember is, rules without relationship breeds rebellion. The first step in disciplining our children is to invest in our relationship with them. This is true if your child is four or if they're 14. Fill up their love tank, learn how they tick, recognize their amazing uniqueness. This will open their hearts to the guidance that only you can give as a parent. Visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org to access our discipline guide and other resources designed to encourage and inspire Catholic parents like you.
And welcome back, folks. This is your live and local program. This is In His Vineyard. I'm Sean, your host for the program every Monday at noon. I'm also your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network, South and Central Texas listening area. Uh, we're about to start us, I'm sure, was going to be a wonderful conversation uh, with Father Ed Hoff. Uh, and as we were, you know, d- going to break, of course, we were discussing, you know, some of the, you know, things to, to continue this, this Lenten journey that we're on, uh, and to ensure that, you know what, if you haven't, you know, if you haven't, you know, felt like, uh, this has been a, a spirit filled, you know, Lenten observance for you, you can change all that right now. Uh, but again, without further delay, I'd love to welcome our guest on the show today, Father Ed Hoff, a parochial vicar at St. Mary uh, Catholic Church. Thank you, uh, you know, Father Ed, for coming on. It, it really is a treat uh, when we get a chance to, to spend uh, some quality time, uh, you know, chatting with you, getting inside that head of yours, and you imparting some of that wisdom. So welcome to the program. My delight to be with you both, as always. Amen. You know, I want to start, Father, um, you know, in in discussing, of course, you know, these, these last couple of weeks of Lent, okay? Um, we had mentioned earlier, uh, you know, prior to, to, to the break, how, you know, we can, you know, for, for a lot of us, and I found myself in that position, you know, long, you know, for, for years where it felt like, you know, you look up and the 40 days have already, you know, come and gone. And you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't do anything really to, to grow spiritually and, and such. Uh, but, you know, what are the, you know, what, uh, I guess, let me ask you this, you know, what, what is so important about these last two weeks leading up uh, to, of course, you know, Holy Triduum uh, and then uh, eventually, of course, you know, the Easter celebration? I think it, it might be better to put it in, in this context. Well, how did Latin even start? You know, way back in the early days of the church, uh, when people were coming into the church, uh, they were adults mostly. And so they put them through the three-year catechumenate. And at the end of that three years, then they would be brought into the church. Today we've shortened it down to just, you know, September to Easter, basically, the RCIA program. But in those days, in the last month or month and a half, they would put them in a deeper a, a time of spirituality you know, almost like a retreat. And the older Christians realized that as they were finishing that up, these people were on fire. And they kept looking to each other and saying like, hey, remember when we were like that? You know, it's mm-hmm. like a married couple sitting in church after a couple just gets married and say, hey, remember when we were like that? <laughs> yeah. And um, so they thought, well, I wonder if we should all do something like that in the last 40 days or so before Easter what these young catechumens were doing. And so they started that, and that's exactly how Lent began. So the point of Lent is to come to the end of it being on fire with the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit is ready to plant that fire anywhere you invite him to plant it, you know. Uh, He always appeared as fire in in the New Testament, other than the dumb thing, but he also appeared uh, as fire on Pentecost. And the point of that, I think, is to realize that when we get spiritually on fire, it changes our life dramatically. We're no longer just caught up in the daily routine, which can be boring after a while, and sometimes it can actually be insidiously evil because we get caught up in our laziness and then we fall into sin and so on. So when we do this, keeping the fire of the Spirit burning within us, this is what Lent is really all about. And it come right down to it. It's simply a slow-down time. Yeah. Uh, 
in order to, and it, it was it was the the old word for spring, because it always happens in the springtime. And in spring is when the flowers bloom and when the fruit begins to blossom. So the fruit of the spirit begins to blossom in us. So how do we do that? Well, we've had four weeks already, and hopefully, you know, the three major things that we always uh, talk about during Lent is, you know, fasting. Uh, which is giving up something, basically, whatever, whether it's food or anything else, uh, almsgiving and um, prayer. And so you mentioned earlier, uh, uh, before the break, that how important the rosary is, and I can't tell you how important it is. It's the one thing that drives Satan bananas. He cannot stand it anywhere that that's being said. He runs like crazy. I remember one time uh, speaking with one of the exorcists, who's now the main exorcist in Rome, and he was telling us how they were doing a deliverance or I mean, an exorcism over a, a particular person, and they kept calling on the saints, which you do in the exorcism, right? Is the litany of the saints. But when they got to the Blessed Mother, the demon began screaming and yelling, no, get away from me, get away from me, her veil, her veil, it's burning. And the person was totally exorcised. And that just one second, because the Spirit took off, because Mary showed up. And she shows up any time you get into that prayer, the rosary in particular. So it's, you know, it's our greatest weapon of all time against all of the powers of darkness, who are after us all the time, as you well know. As I will know, since that's the work mostly that I do right now, right. is getting demons out of people. We talked about it in our last show. So I think if we can, in these last couple of weeks, keep our focus on two things. <clears throat> Number one, how can we grow even a little bit more deeply in our prayer? Uh, you mentioned something earlier, Alex, that I think was important to get that routine going. I always tell people, especially when I'm giving them the life and the spirit, and how important daily prayer is. And first of all, it helps if you have the right atmosphere. Father John Harden, who's, I think, whose cause is being introduced for canonization, a great, great catechist, always said, Make sure that wherever you are for your prayer time, you're surrounded with holy pictures on the walls or whatever. If you saw my room, <laughs> mm-hmm. it looked like an art gallery of just all religious pictures because that's where I pray. Yes. And um, you have a prayer chair, and you only use that chair for prayer. So, you know, just put it in the corner, whatever, wherever you want to do it, have a little altar or pictures, whatever. It's got to be set apart from the rest of the house. Yes. Yeah. Which is the old story about putting it in a closet, you know, yeah. uh, if it deposits big enough to sit in there. I don't go for that necessarily, but at least to have some place where you, when you're there and you go to that place, you're doing it just for prayer. Right. And to take a specific amount of time, you start small, five or six minutes, and then slowly but surely increase that, you know, throughout the day. So that you're doing the various aspects. In prayer, I always talk about the possibility of remembering it better if you use the acronym ACTS. I'm not talking about the actual retreats, good as they are, I'm not mentioning that here, but ACTS, adoration, contrition, thanksgiving, and supplication. Mm-hmm. So you're asking, you're glorifying God, first of all. We always ask before we glorify, put it the other way around, glorify Him first, then repent of your sins, the contrition part, then thank Him for all the graces that He's been doing and giving to you, and then ask. I think that's part of it. I think the second part for Lent is to get focused on the liturgy. What are we doing in these days? Of, what are the Gospels? You know, 
So, for example, yesterday on the fifth Sunday of Lent, uh, at least in the C cycle, which we're in right now, if you're in RCA, you'd be on the A cycle for, for Lent, but on the C cycle, the gospel was about the woman caught in adultery. What was the bottom line of all of that? Why, what was this, the main point of that story? And, this, and simply coming down is that Pharisees wanted to trap Jesus again and make him look like a fool so nobody would follow him. First of all, they were embarrassed because he made them look like fools. Yeah. And he was introducing the new covenant. The old covenant is abrogated. Now, the old covenant is good as far as it is, but now it's coming to completion in Jesus himself. And so he's talking about mercy. He's talking about love. He's talking about, you know. And so what does he do at the end of that gospel where they try to put him on the horns of a dilemma? If you say, no, let her go, then you're disobeying motives. And so if you're not following the law Moses laid down, then you're not worth listening to. Or if you say, just let her go and don't do anything, then at that same time, you're also violating the law of Moses, you know. So no matter which way you go, you're going to be hung up on the horns of a dilemma. Don't ever argue with Jesus because he always wins. <laughs> so Duly like, noted. Yes. <laughs> So what does he do? He looks at the Pharisees straight in the eye and he starts writing on the ground. Now, we don't know what he was writing. There's right. nothing in Scripture. But many Scripture scholars think he was writing the sins of the elders. And as they were looking over his shoulder, they were, oh, <laughs> That's that way they walked away so fast. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, whichever one of you has no sin, you throw the first stone. Well, who's going to do that? Who's going to declare in front of everybody that they are sinless? Because <laughs> right. <laughs> we made a fool of So then they slunk away. And the next thing is the most important part of the story. Is no one here to condemn you? Then neither will I. This is the incredible mercy and love of God, which is the whole focus of this season. We come to grips with our own sinfulness during Lent. Um, and we're all sinners, every one of us. There's nobody, unless your name is Mary and your husband is Joseph, you're probably a sinner. So... With that, we understand, yes, we're sinners. Every one of us has fallen short of the glory of God. Paul says that very clearly in, in one of his letters. So what do we do in a case like that? We acknowledge the sin, ask forgiveness for the sin, and then trust in the Lord to heal us. Except right in between those two, Satan sneaks back in again, and he can continually goes after you, and he becomes the accuser as he's spoken of in Revelation chapter 3. So he gets you to sin, and then he tells you how awful you are. And then you hate yourself, and then you can't stand the terrible person that you are, and you get really down on yourself. And all of that is satanic. The last thing the Lord wants you to do is any of that. What he wants you to do is, okay, I'm a sinner. I know that I'm wrong in that. Lord, forgive me, and help me to never do that again. Right. Because he told the lady, you know, in the, taking an adultery, just go and don't sin anymore. And, you know, that sounds very familiar with some things that are very often said um, during this time. Where we encourage people to take advantage of, the, the, of going to confession. And a lot of people are hesitant. And, you know, uh, Father Jan at uh, St. Anthony Mary Claret was, you know, in his homily, you know, talked about how that's a very common thing. People just stop going to confession because they keep confessing the same sins. Mm -hmm. 
And that's exactly what you're talking about right now. Well, if you went to your doctor, and every time you went to him, you had the exact same problem, you had the same same blood count, you had the exact same problems with your heart, he'd say, are you taking the medicine that I've given you? Yeah, and... Well, how are you changing your diet? You know, that <laughs> exactly. Kind of, all right. the things that we have to do, you know? Right. So we're saying the same thing here. What are you doing to get closer to Jesus? Mm-hmm. Well, number one, prayer. There is no relationship without communication. Mm-hmm. All of you who are married know exactly what I'm talking about, right? You cannot have a relationship with your spouse or anybody mm-hmm. unless there's communication. And I tell people all the time, they think I'm crazy, but I'm right. Good communication is 10% speaking and 90% listening. Yeah. So you have to listen to one another. Jesus speaks to us all the time. Yes. In our hearts through the Holy Spirit, through his word in scripture, which is the living word. So when you read that, he's actually speaking those words to you. And we grow from that. So how are we growing in our relationship with Jesus, which is what this Lenten time is really all about. How am I growing in that deeper relationship? It's almost like a period of engagement, you know, when you plan to get married and you uh, make that commitment to each other through the engagement rings and so on. You made a promise. Now you're working up to the point where you come into the total union with that person. And so during that time, if it's a good engagement period, you're learning to grow in love and grow in surrender and grow in all of the things that are going to be uh, there. And as I tell people when I'm doing their marriage, do you know that you're not receiving the sacrament of matrimony? You're becoming the sacrament of matrimony because you are the sign, the two of you together and your love for each other is the sign that people can see that Jesus is loving them. Because we don't see Jesus except in the host of the Eucharist Christ we can, but we still have to have faith in order to see the Jesus behind all of that. So you wind up growing into those deeper relationships, and I think that's the whole focus of Lent, to try to enter into that. We are engaged to the Lord Jesus. He marries us, mm-hmm. which is covenant. Mm-hmm. We're the bridegroom, and he's the bride, right? I, no, other way around. We're, he's the bridegroom, we're the bride. Yeah. The church is, and we're all part of that church. So he's married us, which means he has made a lifetime commitment to us. Yes. I don't know if you remember earlier in Lent, there was the uh, story of um, Abraham going into the uh, covenant with the Lord. And they did it in the Jewish way. You take a whole bunch of animals out of your flock, you slaughter them, cut them in half, and lay them opposite each other. Right. And then you walk up and down in between them and say Mm -hmm. to each other, if I do not keep the terms of this covenant, you may do to me what we did to these animals. Yeah. That's pretty graphic. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And the Lord said exactly the same thing. Because when he makes a covenant with us, his body was actually pierced and the blood flowed. And he basically says, you know, if I don't keep my covenant with you, you know, look at what I've done for you. I've laid down my life for you. I've slaughtered myself for you. Yes. And as we recognize that, it tells us how we ought to be in relationship. Lent's a great time to ponder that. What does that mean? And we're coming up, of course, in the next two weeks. Um, Yesterday, normally earlier before Second Vatican, would have been called Passion Sunday, mm-hmm. when we cover all the statues and things, because Jesus went out of the temple and hid himself, mm-hmm. because it wasn't his time yet, because uh, they were going to kill him, and then he went and hid until Holy Week actually came. So this Passion Tide that we're in now for the next two weeks until we get to Easter is really, I think, time for us to consider that, to ponder what, what he went through for us. What was he willing to lay down for us? Not only him, but what was his father willing to give up so that we could be 
in his kingdom with him forever. We have to understand one thing, otherwise nothing else makes any sense, at least as far as I'm concerned. To understand that we are, every single one of us, we are God's beloved. Mm-hmm. Amen? Yes. Amen. We don't understand that. There's, there's a wonderful story I used in my home a couple of weeks ago. There was a woman who um, had a wonderful life. She was a beautiful girl. She married a wonderful man who was fairly wealthy, so they had a very good life, very much in love with each other. And things were going along very well, and then she comes down with terminal cancer. And she is so angry with God. So she's in her hospital bed, and she's saying to him, you big phony, you've patched yourself off for 2,000 years as love, and as soon as somebody's enjoying their life or having a good time, you pull the rug out from underneath them. And so she gets out of her bed, slowly makes her way down the hallway toward the chapel in the hospital. Can hardly move because she's under all the chemotherapy and all the rest. She's weak. So she gets into the chapel, which is pitch black. There's nobody in there. And her legs give out and she falls flat on the carpet. And as her eyes get more used to the dark, in the carpet, right where she fell, is embroidered in the carpet the words, you are my beloved. And she laid there and pondered that, slowly got up, went back to her room and had a really beautiful sleep. Something touched her in that. And I keep telling people that that's exactly what the Lord wants us to understand, that we are his beloved. We've been in the mind of God, each person listening to us here today. You've been in the mind of God as long as God has existed, which means you're already eternal, right? Right. Because God's forever. And if you got into his mind at all, with the intention he's going to create you, you beat an infinite number of people just to be chosen. So how special are you? Right. That you beat an infinite number, that God chose you to be with him in his kingdom. And he continued to tell you over and over and over again, you're my beloved, you know? I love you more than anything. I love you more than anything in the world could ever love you. I've, what what I have, not, have I not done for you? Mm-hmm. I've given my only son. Beautiful none father. Of you, none of you who have children would ever have done that. <laughs> but he gave up his only yes. son to go through the most horrible death any human being has ever gone through, ever in the history of mankind. Even if you saw the passion of the Christ, that's not even close yeah. to what Jesus actually suffered. Um, if you actually saw it, you probably would just faint. But he did that for us so that we understand how we are his beloved. And if we can grow in that understanding, then we're going to want to communicate yes. anymore. We're going to want to be healthier. We're going to want to live out our life because we want to be with him yeah. forever. You Speaking know? of that, Father, and I want, to, I want to go back to what you said about the rosary because that's, <clears throat> that's just so um, evident. And, 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 not, and, you know, it's documented evidence that the rosary is a powerful weapon mm. of the Holy Spirit. And also, the sacrament of confession and all the sacraments are a sign of God's love. I mean, they, that is God's love in within the church. And it makes me think, too, and I have all these thoughts coming into my mind, right? Like, what is it about Mary? Mary's humility. And, and I think um, it's her humility, from what I understand, that drives the demons crazy. Is that, mm-hmm. is that accurate? Absolutely. And in order for us to acquire that same disposition... How does the sacrament of um, penance mm-hmm. play into that? What would you say for someone who's hearing about spiritual warfare for the first time? Should they go into a confessional first or should they pick up a rosary first if you had to put them in an order? Well, it, it depends on the situation. I think mm-hmm. uh, if they're saying the rosary, they'll probably not be afraid to go to confession. Mm-hmm. I always tell people that the confessional is Jesus' tomb. You go in dead, 
and you come out alive. Mm. Mm-hmm. So if you step out that door after the priest has given you absolution, you are risen from the dead, literally, if you, if you had mortal sin. Yes. And so the confessional yes. is such an important part of what God has given to us that he sits there through the priest and listens to us and gives us uh, his love and complete forgiveness of our sins and he forgets. How does God forget anything? I don't know. He says he does. That's good enough for me. I will remember your sins no more. Trouble is Satan makes us remember them. Mm-hmm. And so we hate ourselves and so we're not worthy of Christ so we stay away from yes. him. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a complete backwards thing that for which God intended us. We want to be holy as we can possibly be and that simply means being obedient. Mary was obedient because she was humble as you pointed out. That's the whole key to it. And Satan is just the opposite. He's full of pride. The reason Satan fell, people don't understand this, but it's true. The reason that Satan via, uh, turned against God and mm-hmm. uh, got his other angel bodies to go with him because he knew that God was going to come into human flesh and he would not, as the highest angel, serve a human. Then, on top of that, he finds out that this human God is going to be born of a human mother who is going to be the mother of all mankind. He will not serve her. He's too proud mm-hmm. as an angel, the best, the highest, and most beautiful of all the angels. I'm not going to serve something way below me. So his pride is what drove him out of, out of heaven. Right. Mm-hmm. He turned away from God because of that. So, and Mary's the exact opposite of that. As yes. great as she is, there's no human being ever greater than Mary, except she was so humble that she said, whatever you want, God, you know, let it be done to me according to your word, mm-hmm. not my word. And the confessional is a great <clears> tool <throat> to help us um, grow that virtue of humility. Well, it is because when, when you think about it, first and foremost, you have to exercise that humility to even say, you know what? I need to go. Yes. You know, I mean, and that's just, that's, that's the an first. exercise. Yeah. yeah that, even if you have to keep going right. and you will. <laughs> that, that's right. You know, yes. uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, this is In His Vineyard. We're having this wonderful discussion with Father Ed Hoff, parochial vicar at St. Mary uh, Catholic Church in downtown San Antonio. Uh, we're, we're discussing, of course, you know, these last couple of weeks uh, leading up to Lent, how we can really dive in uh, into the mystery of, of Christ's love for us, his His you know, his, his dying on the cross for our sake so we can rejoice on that Easter Sunday. Um, you know, and that, my goodness, it's just a couple of weeks, uh, you know, from, from now. Um, you know, to talk more about that, uh, you know, that, you know, our, our blessed mother, uh, being that, you know, the, she epitomizes, epitomizes humility. Uh, and I've, I love this. I love talking about how, um, how Satan in his pride, Right, and then you have Mary uh, in her humility, and it's just a fort. They're, they're always at odds with each other. Sure. You, you know, I remember just recently having this conversation, and it, she really is uh, the, you know, she is the model for all of us because I mean, we we say, of course, that pride is the first among all the sins, uh, and the vir- you know, and and the counteracting you know virtue to that is. You know, humility. Yes. And, and she, I mean, we have this. I think uh, what's so beautiful, you know, here at the office, if you haven't had a chance to come to the office, I encourage you to come out here. We'd love to have you. Uh, but on the wall uh, here in the hallway, you know, we have the, you know, the image of, you know, the, 
the the coming down of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And you know, on the you know, in the center of the picture is our blessed mother. She's just looking up and in anticipation and she's just, you know, so accepting of the Holy Spirit, right? And the scene around her is kind of chaotic. Uh, Okay. Uh, I mean, even in the, you know, in the gospel, you know, I mean, they were locked up in the upper room. And uh, I mean, who, I mean, who would have thought that, you know, these, uh, this rushing wind just comes in and tongues as a fire comes down. I mean, that'd be, seemed like a a little chaotic, right? Mm -hmm. But in this image in our hallway, you know, we have, you know, Mary, you know, standing there at the center of the image. And she is just, you know, you just look to her. She's this, she has this calming effect, Right. So in the chaos of our lives, who do you look to? You know, who do you look to to really, you know, kind of get you through that? Because it's always Mary, all right, um, who leads us to Jesus. You know, look to her as the model of humility. Look to her as your calm in the storm. And she will lead you to her son, um, you know, Jesus. Uh, But, you know, Father, I want to ask you, so a couple things that you were talking about, you know, in what would be the the Passion Tide, you see the you know crucifixes being covered up. You see you know the stations of the cross being covered up. Where does all that come from? Well, as I mentioned earlier, it was um, if it, the original gospel for what would be Passion Sunday was when Jesus was in the temple and he was preaching and had a knockdown dragout with the Pharisees, and then they were going to grab him and kill him, and it slipped through their midst and just hid out because it was a week too early, you know. He had to go through Passover first, which so he could institute the Eucharist, and then on into the the Passion after that. So, is in memorial of the fact that Jesus is on hiding away temporarily. Oh, okay. So they covered all the statues and stuff. We don't do that much anymore. Some places still do, but most of the churches don't. Not that there's anything wrong with not doing it, but um, sometimes it, it it can't help us to understand, you know, that um, what Jesus had to go through. He was a wanted man, you know, and he was being chased by the by the hate, hateful people that were after him again because the Pharisees were full of pride, yeah, not full of humility, you know. The story we had two weeks ago, the publican and the tax collector, if you remember, you know, the Pharisee and the tax collector, you know, where he, the the gospel is so telling is because he spoke and prayed to himself, yeah, <laughs> whereas the tax collector prayed without even lifting his head to God Mm -hmm. and he went home justified because of the humility so this time especially as we go through Holy Week as we're preparing for the wonderful events of Holy Week can be a time of real transfiguration in our hearts it can Mm -hmm. be a time of complete conversion if we understand and celebrate what we're doing and I've often said uh, many times in homilies I think you have to imitate what you celebrate Otherwise, it's just a theatrical performance. Yes. I don't know how many times I've used that, but uh, are you, is your life celebrating what you're, I mean, are you living what you're celebrating, or are you simply celebrating something without any meaning behind it, and then it becomes a theater? Mm. So there's a difference between theater and true spirituality. So this Latin time can be a wonderful time as we consider the passion of Jesus and what he went through for us and what he's asking of us. All he's saying to us is... Keep the commandments. Amen. Amen. Well, it's a GPS to the kingdom. Amen. That's right. And uh, we're going to go to a uh, our second break, and we would come back. We're going to, uh, you know, continue this conversation we're having with Father Ed. So don't change the station. Uh, we will be right back.
15th annual Fishers of Men Benefit Dinner is just around the corner and will take place on Thursday, April 28th at the Banquet Hall at Holy Trinity Catholic Church. The last day to sponsor your table for 10 or purchase your individual dinner and seat is April 19th. Don't miss out on what'll be a night filled with excitement and joy as we gather for a nice dinner and hear an inspiring keynote message from Father Donald Calloway, author of The Consecration to St. Joseph. We'll also recognize this year's Fishers of Men Award recipients, Dr. Mitch and Chrissy Finney, parishioners at St. Matthew Catholic Church, for their beautiful example of living out our Catholic faith. Come join us as we celebrate the Guadalupe Radio Network in South and Central Texas. So don't delay. Register now and go to grnonline.com and click on local events or call 210-579-9844. We hope to see you there. Mario. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic view of marriage may be an ideal, but it cannot be a reality? Well, G.K. Chesterton says, it is an ideal in a diseased society, it is a reality in a healthy society. For where it is real, it makes society healthy. We know we cannot make a perfectly healthy society because while we believe in marriage and the church, we also believe in something called the fall of man, which also has an effect on society. But the point is that we believe not just in an ideal, but in something practical. Practical in the sense that we want to make something. We want to create Christian families as opposed to those who are always ready to destroy the family, who give up on the ideal and give in to whatever is easiest at the moment. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Hello, folks. This is Alexandra Kuberbatu co-hosting with the amazing Sean Rice. We're in his vineyard here on GRN, and we're here with uh, Father Ed Hoff to talk about all things Lent. Here in the final, the final few, a couple of weeks of Lent, we're diving in and, um, you know, just picking father's brain and what we can do to make it fruitful even on these last in these last few days so father let me ask you um okay so the holy week is coming up (laughs) and uh and how can we make the best out of it during the the, that holy tritium and that entire week i think the main thing is uh, to be sure first of all that we attend the services to be there because the church has beautiful liturgies during those days right um, and to understand and try to grow in that liturgy and listen to the readings. Uh, on Palm Sunday, you'll have the Passion, and then on Good Friday again, the Passion. And then on Holy Thursday, you have the beautiful celebration of the Eucharist, which is God's greatest gift to us. You know, right. Unbelievable. Uh, I'm often just sitting there and think about it every time I, I you know, confect the Eucharist. I'm saying, oh my Lord, I'm holding the broken, beating heart of Jesus in my hand. You know, it's like, I'm not worthy of this at all. But he allows me to do it so that you can all can have it. And I'm just delighted with that. So, And then the washing of the feet and all the things. So we're 
question is, for example, in Holy Thursday, as you look around, the, the celebration starts with the normal part of the Mass, but then after the homily, there's the washing of the feet. Yes. So I have to think to myself, and to share with people, if, if I'm preaching that particular day, how are you washing the feet of the people in your life? Mm-hmm. How are you doing it for your spouse? How right. are you doing it for your children? Or out there, you know, Not physically, obviously, uh, in most cases, but how are you humbling yourself and filling them and giving them something that will change and purify and help their lives. You know, just loving them if nothing else. You know, how right. are you washing their feet? And then as we go into the establishment of the Eucharist on that Holy Thursday, how do I reverence the Eucharist? Am I really understanding what this is? Right. If we just really deeply think about it and understand, oh my gosh, what did he do in giving us this? They didn't get it at all at first until Pentecost, until they really fully understand it. But it's so awesome and beyond comprehension. So how are we you know, opening our hearts to that and understanding that Eucharist more fully? And that always is one of the lines I use with people who've fallen away from the church. If they're talking to me and they're honest, and they're, they're, they're interested in doing something good, say, how do you... How do you um, how do you translate John 6 when he says, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. You're dead. Right. You need that for spiritual life, the Eucharist. You know? So how are we understanding that? And then a commitment, for example, to spend more time in front of the Blessed Sacrament. If your church has a Eucharistic adoration chapel or one of the nearby parishes does, go and spend some time with him. You cannot sit in his presence without something marvelous happening to you. Right. There's no way that he doesn't touch you in some deep way. That's where uh, you know Richard is always mentioning you know, uh, getting suntanned. You yeah. S O N. Yes. Getting suntanned. It's true. And then as you go into Good Friday, you know, as we we live the passion of the Lord and what He went through for us. And then sometimes, you know, at least we'll have in our parish this year, and I'll be doing the Stations of the Cross at three. I try to pick something that's they haven't heard before, something a little bit deeper. Yeah. And because uh, I had written a set of them stations when, when I was at my last assignment. And okay. Was, at the National Shrine of Our Lady of the Stones, we had outdoor stations, and then you press the button, and you get a recording, you know, on each station. So I had done that for them. and But it's a little bit long, so I have to cut it down from doing it in the, in the church. Day. But it's it gives you great insight as to, you know, what does this all mean? What are these stations of the cross, and how were we, how can I live those in my life? Yeah. Um, and then as we go into Holy Saturday, and we see that Jesus is in the tomb, motionless, dead. But we're leading up to that by the end of that ceremony, you know, he's come alive again. And he, the spirit came into him again and his his life just came back to the point where the explosion was so great that it put all that image onto the shoulder of Turin, you know, which is from this resurrection. How is that affecting my life? So, I would ask the people who are listening, by the end of Lent and you celebrate Easter, how have you resurrected right. your own life in this time? How are you different now than you were? How have you come more alive since Ash Wednesday until now? What, what has happened to you in the last 40 days? And some people say, oh, not much. You know, I don't feel I can... Okay. And I've been there. You know, I know so what that feeling's like. Yeah, that's, yeah, I know what too. that feeling's like. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a good opportunity to say, okay, maybe I didn't do as best as I could, but I can start now. Yeah, yep. and one thing I want to point out, and I think um, I think I've heard this a lot. People who are just starting in, you know, their journey of evolving in their prayer life, is um, they come out with, 
that they decided not to continue a routine because they weren't feeling it anymore. They weren't feeling the presence of God. So, you know, what's going on, right? But it kind of reminds me of those um, those final three days, you know, when, you know, the, the triduum. Because, um, you know, we don't feel, we love is not a feeling. It's what, it's it's an act of goodwill towards another. And, you know, it, it sometimes God goes silent mm-hmm. to see if, we have that that yeah. take that action to to love right and um so i just want to remind people too that whenever you're going through a season of prayer where you're not feeling it it doesn't mean god is not no. there do it anyway love is a decision not a feeling yes right. and we get caught up in the feelings but that's not love at all mm-hmm. it's fluff <laughs> yes where in fact you decide to love. And you have to do that in your marriages. There are times when you just want to hit them with a frying pan, you know? <laughs> but then you don't, you know. And so we have to learn and, and seek ways to do that. Pentecost is a wonderful time. As we invite now for the next 50 days after Easter, that Holy Spirit to come down. Uh, two things, very, very quickly, I just mentioned that um, I'll be giving a new life in the Spirit probably beginning of May at St. Mary's where it's a six-week program to introduce you into that deeper life of the Spirit yes. so that you receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit that's given to us for ministry to people so that we can be the apostles that he's called us to be because yeah. we're, we're going to be judged on how we did those yeah. things. But that his Spirit will, the gifts of the Spirit will come forth. We're also going to do that at St. Matthew's Parish beginning uh, at the very um, uh, end of this month and, and beginning in, in May. Uh, and I'll be doing two of the talks there at St. Matthew's as well. So you can look that up. At any rate, you know, that way the Spirit comes out and be able to release the gifts within us. Um, it's not a feeling. I, no, not a feeling. <laughs> it's no, not a feeling. gifts of the Spirit it's that we not, can use exactly. those to bring, to bring other people closer mm-hmm. to the Lord. And so one of those gifts, by the way, is the gift of healing or miracles, which we see all the time. So now on the fourth Friday night of every month uh, at St. Mary's, we have, uh, we've just started this uh, new again. Uh, we have, uh, at 7 o'clock, we have Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament for about an hour with beautiful music in the meantime. And the priests are available in confession during that time. And as soon as that part is done, then we invite people for healing and the teams pray over them. And then at the end of that, we have benediction. Yes. It's a beautiful time and people are getting healed like crazy when this happens. So I'm going to train more healers because we need to do that. But that's using the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the way that it happens. So the fourth Friday night of every month, seven o'clock, join us at St. Mary's downtown because you'll something marvelous will happen if you do that. Beautiful. And so as we're moving into this time then of Easter, where we're rising from the dead. Yeah. The dead is all that nonsense that I get caught up in. Now, I'm not into this, but a lot of people are. How much time are you spending on Facebook? How much time are you spending on social media? How many hours a week do you watch Netflix? None of that's going to get you to heaven. <laughs> so how much of that time could you use, rather, in reading Scripture or Amen. in praying or in growing out with other people to minister the gifts of the Holy Spirit to God. Otherwise, Easter is just a holiday. Right. And it's not a resurrection of you because you're not resurrecting with Christ. You're still in the tomb. You know, I I love how you say that, Father. And we've got about just another minute left in the program. Uh, We've been talking to Father Ed Hoff uh, about, you know, about the closing weeks of Lent. Um, You know, you got about a minute, um, you know, Father, uh, I would ask you, you know, just in closing, uh, what would you suggest to the person thinking, eh, it's, it's too late, Lent's, Lent's over. What can they do to finally, like you said, at Easter Sunday, feel like you know they've yeah. come up resurrected? Lent is ne- never over. 
<laughs> that's an attitude. It's not a, a time in, in the calendar. You can always make more sacrifice. We can always offer things up. We can always do more prayer. We can always do more alms giving and, and give time, talent, and treasure to our parishes. All the times we can do all of that. So Lent is ongoing. It's not just uh, end of, uh, ends with Easter. We're always in Lent. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not fully resurrected yet. Amen. Amen. Well, awesome. Of course, uh, you know, before uh, you know, we, we have to go, I would love if you could, Father, uh, if you can uh, you know, in- invoke God's blessing sure. upon us before you go. My delight. Loving Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus in our life and for the gift of the Holy Spirit which you have sent into our lives as well. And for Holy Mother Mary is our perfect model of how to live that life. And so we ask you to pour out your blessing upon us once again. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us, uh, you know, Father Ed. Um, we, we look forward, of course, to, you know, uh, you, know, on resur- you know, on Easter Sunday, feeling that, that, that we resurrected with yes. Christ, right? Yes. Uh, takeaways, Alex, what, what do you got? <laughs> oh, gosh, where can I start? Uh, where are my notes? <laughs> no, I think it, it was just so enlightening and so wonderful to hear Father. And, you know, it's just a reminder to all of us how we need to continue. There's, like he just said, that Lent is, is a, uh, it's not just a season within the calendar. It is a lifelong Amen. commitment that, you know, we are learning to do. Amen. And that's the music, folks. So until next time, um, you know, same time, same place, 12 o'clock every Monday. Uh, Thank you, Father Ed, for joining us. Um, Remember to sign up for the Fishers of Men dinner. Um, Go to grnonline.com and scroll down to local events. So until next time, let's all continue to labor with love, joy, and zeal in our hearts. In his vineyard. Amen. Amen. God bless all of you. And uh, we'll be back next week. Hi, everyone. This is Father Donald Calloway of the Congregation of Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'll be the keynote speaker for the upcoming Fishers of Men dinner on April 28th. Make sure to register and come join us in celebrating the Guadalupe Radio Network in South and Central Texas. For more information on me, go to my website, fathercalloway.com. God bless you. The Guadalupe Radio Network would like to thank Dignity Women's Center for their support of Catholic Radio in San Antonio. Dignity Women's Center promotes the dignity of women by caring for the total person, physical, psychological, and spiritual. To learn more about their services, which includes a kid's play area and a certified massage therapist, you can call 210-593-4392 or visit them online at DignityWomenCenter.com. Thanks for your support for the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is Luciano Ciorciari, CEO of Food Related and proud sponsor of KJMA 89.7 FM, Radio for Your Soul. During COVID, many of us learned of the tremendous food insecurities that exist in our country. Even in our own community, many people don't know where their next meal will come from. But thanks to the San Antonio Food Bank, over 90,000 local families are served each week. But to continue to help, our food bank relies on volunteers like you, Just one hour of your volunteer time can provide 100 meals to families in need. During this Lenten season, let us remember the words of our Lord in Matthew 25, 40. Whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. To volunteer your time, please register online 
at safoodbank.org forward slash volunteer. Spreading the splendor of truth. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Thanks for listening to KJMA 89.7 Floresville, San Antonio. On the Guadalupe Radio Network in South Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also streaming on grnonline.com and on your smartphone.